Welcome to the Enchanted Ears Podcast, where we discuss anything and everything Disney. I'm Angela. And I'm Joe. And on today's episode, we're talking about our love for Animal Kingdom. Oh, yes. Not Animal Kingdom in general. <laughs> the theme park. Uh, no, the Animal Kingdom in general as well. I like the Animal Kingdom But more a lot. specifically, the theme park, in case you were worried of like, wait, did this just not become Disney? And we're talking about Animal Kingdom <laughs> in, in Disney World. So a lot of news this week, though, and a lot of Star Wars news. Uh, specifically because the Star Wars celebration was occurring over in Anaheim. So a lot came out about Star Wars, but there was a few things uh, that weren't Star Wars related. So we'll start there news-wise. So uh, in a stroke of luck for us, a previously planned trip happens to work out that we will be someplace after a new attraction or land is opening. (laughs) We always seem to go before they open, right before, but... (laughs) Uh, But Avengers Campus over in Paris is opening July 20th, and luckily our trip is planned after that, so we'll be able to experience the new land. So very similar to the Avengers Campus over in Disney California Adventure, there'll be a Spider-Man attraction. They will have a retheme of Rock and Roller Coaster over there, so it's called Avengers Flight Force, so that's a different attraction. The biggest difference seems to be there's, there's more food options, so they're having Pim's Test Kitchen. But they also have a lot of other uh, quick serve and and kind of food cart uh, restaurants there. So one of the quick serve restaurants is the Stark Factory. And I really want to visit this because it seems like they have a full-size Hulkbuster armor in the concept art, which looks absolutely amazing. So it seems like kind of the differentiating factor here is just kind of more food options uh, in this land. So really excited to see all of this, though, but really specifically that Hulkbuster armor. Yeah, I'm excited to see the differences between, you know, the one over in California and this new one in Paris. And of course, anytime there's food involved, I'm there. So I'm excited to see some of the uh, different food offerings as well. Yeah, and they mentioned in the press release too, like they they really emphasized vegetarian options at a lot Mm -hmm. of these places and like vegan options. So it seems like they're going to have more variety there as opposed to just kind of like your normal like traditional food that you get in a theme park and i'm curious to know like is this something that's new for them in paris or is this something that's like a movement over there um you know is it something that there's gonna be a lot of we're gonna see it a lot out of outside of disney as well or is it just you know for international visitors or i don't know i I, i'm just curious to see kind of what the trend is there or why that seemed to be so emphasized. No, definitely. And a quick happy birthday shout out to Goofy, uh, who this past week turned 90. Oh my goodness, he doesn't look a day over 20. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and then, uh, so moving on to the Star Wars news here. So like I said, there was a Star Wars celebration over at Anaheim. So a lot of news and a lot of it related to the theme parks. So one of the, the biggest things, and this was a pretty dramatic shift, is there's big changes coming to Galaxy's Edge. And, and at first, it may not seem like a big change if, if you kind of look at it on the surface. But as you get into it, it really is a dramatic shift. So Disney announced, and, and currently you can go uh, to Galaxy's Edge in Disneyland, uh, Boba Fett and Finnick Shand uh, are both there now. Uh, over in Disneyland, and they mentioned that Mando and Grogu will be coming at a later date. But the the couple sentences in the press release that they talked about, which really 
kind of cements this shift, this dramatic shift, is that while we as visitors may be able to experience different stories throughout Star Wars history, the characters on Batuu cannot. They will remain in their specific story and timeline and won't intersect with the other characters or stories that would not be appropriate for them. So this is basically Disney admitting now that they're not sticking to that strict timeline between uh, episodes seven and eight, that they are now going to have new characters and legacy characters show up, but they won't be intermingling. So while Boba Fett will be there, you're not necessarily going to see him interact with Kylo Ren because their stories technically don't cross or things like that. But we now have the opportunity to see Luke or Darth Vader or, no, nobody or, Han, <laughs> or Han Solo. So, so they really, they've changed. And I think this was one of the criticisms from a lot of fans are we don't necessarily care about the sequel movies as much. This time period's not necessarily that interesting. We want to see Grogu. We want to see the Mandalorian, things like that. So now they can do it. They basically said, fine, we're going to have whoever here. And it's not going to be a strict timeline anymore. Well, it kind of makes sense if you think about it that this place, you know, the Black Spire Outpost could have existed all that the entire time that all of these characters were around. So as long as you don't intermix the characters, then you could say, well, these ones that would have had the opportunity to know each other or interact can go to the Black Spires, be there for a while to, you know, do a mission. I mean, it makes perfect sense that maybe Boba Fett or even even more perfect, the Mandalorian would be there because he planet hops all the time. So I think that this is a good move on their part. And I'm waiting for them to bring this over to Disney World because I, I think that they'll probably see how it goes. And my, my guess is that it will very quickly make its way over to Disney World. Yeah, that's true. They just specifically mentioned Disneyland. They didn't mention Disney World. And I almost wonder if they're doing this in Disneyland first as a way to counter the fact that Disney World has the Star Cruiser. So you know, you have the Star Wars Hotel in Disney World. You don't have that in Disneyland. So they're adding this kind of special feature to Disneyland first to, to kind of make like that land a little bit more special. But yeah, I think it makes a lot of sense. The land's big enough. These characters never have to meet. You can kind of keep them in their own little areas and it gets people excited to kind of come back and see these characters. Kind of like what they're doing at Avengers yeah, Campus. Yeah, I was going to say that. Yep, exactly. A- anytime there's a new character, they show up in Avengers Campus and, and everybody loves it. Yeah, I think this is a really cool thing that they're doing. I would love to see Finnick Shand. I'd like to see Boba Fett as well. I, I mean, the Mandalorian, <laughs> all of them. I'd like to see all of them because for me, the more interesting characters are some of these newer ones that they've added on the Disney Plus series. So I'd love to see Ahsoka Tano as well. I think that she would be cool. They haven't said her, I don't think yet, but I'm sure with the giant following that she has that she will appear as well. well I think everybody's showing up. I mean, they basically mentioned that they're going to have new and legacy characters. I think basically it's going to be every popular character is going to show up. I want Omega. I will say, <laughs> I, I do want, I was just thinking about this, you know, they are working on a free range animatronic. They showed it with baby Groot as the example they were working on, but they mentioned that Grogu is coming. I wonder if he's going to be just a puppet that Mando holds, or if he will be a full animatronic, because that would be pretty impressive if that technology is ready enough to have a Grogu animatronic walking around. Yeah, that would be insane and what would be even crazier is if they could make certain things in galaxy's edge 
move so he could actually like do the force push or something and then it would push and it looked like that he was doing it oh my gosh this is great yeah that, that would be great <laughs> speaking of, of ahsoka tanu uh so some new merch and, and things were released as well so they have a variety of new mickey and mini ears uh star wars themes the, the ones that i think look the best are the ahsoka tanu ears those look pretty cool so those will be coming out later they also announced that Savi's Workshop will be getting a refresh for all of its lightsaber designs. So uh, as soon as these come out, I need to go down and build another <laughs> lightsaber. They released images for the power and control version, which it looks incredible. It's, it's definitely a step up in quality and design, a lot more detail, a lot more intricate in terms of the design pieces of it. So I can only imagine what the other three versions of, of the lightsabers will look like. Um, but I, this is great that they're kind of you know, going to update these, I think, every couple of years here. I think they look really cool. I'm over here kind of looking, glancing at your hilt, and I think that these look way cooler they do. than they, yours. Yeah, they look so. a lot better. I mean, the original ones were great, but like I said, I think they've just, you know, they've had a few more years. They've probably been able to make better molds, better designs. They know they can put a little bit more money into it because people will pay money for it. Right. So it, it, really good quality. Really looking forward to seeing these new designs come out. All right, and so the last thing I want to talk about is is the Obi-Wan series, which premiered this past week, the first two episodes. If you've not watched the first episode, this is my theory uh, after watching the first episode. So if you've not watched it, you don't want to necessarily be spoiled. Jump ahead 30 seconds. But I want to throw this out there because I think this might be a good prediction. But the big surprise was that the show's really about Leia and not Luke. They kind of hid that from the marketing. But I think this is all going to show why Leia knew about Obi-Wan. So in A New Hope... She sends R2-D2 and says, help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi, you're my only hope. So I think this is how she finds out about him because he saves her uh, as a young girl. And my guess is her parents die. Her adoptive parents are going to die by the end of this series. So Jimmy Smith plays her father. Uh, and I think they're going to die You know, helping her protect her. This is how she meets Obi-Wan. This is how she knows Obi-Wan is out there, can help her. So that's, that's kind of my guess of where this series goes, that they picked up on that one line yeah. and made a whole series about it. That's an interesting theory. I think that we'll have to wait and see. I may or may not have fallen asleep a little bit during that first episode, but that was just because I was really tired. But it was good. So I made it no secret that I love Animal Kingdom. And last time we went down to Disney, it was, again, you know, it always impresses. And so we made a list of the 10 reasons why we love Animal Kingdom. So number one is, especially this one applies to as of late, because it has been immensely crowded down in Disney World. But in Animal Kingdom, it never feels crowded. It could be crowded. But because of, you know, all of the various paths and places that you can go, um, for the most part, it really never feels very crowded. You can spread out. And the only time that maybe you feel a little bit pushed or a little crowded is if you are over in, um, you know, Avatar land, and you're waiting in line for like flight of passage. But other than that, it usually feels pretty you know, spread out, which is nice. Yeah, and I think to your point, it's because there's so many different paths. There's not necessarily there is a central hub, you know, by the tree of life that you have to pass through, but it's not as central as in some of the other parks where you do have a lot of different varieties. The paths kind of wander. So it, it provides, yeah, a lot of space for crowds to kind of dissipate in there. You know, the other thing that's great about Animal Kingdom, especially, you know, down in the Florida sun, it can be really hot. There is a lot of shade because it is the animal kingdom. So there's a lot of plants. There's a lot of vegetation. When you're going you know, on the paths to view the animals, you know, those animals 
they provide some shade for them too, so it benefits you. So it is nice, you know, what, versus something like Magic Kingdom where it's just like it seems like it's all concrete. Mm-hmm. You're out in the open the whole time. Again, it feels more crowded. You really do feel the crowds there more because there's a lot more pinch points, you know, right. in Magic Kingdom. A lot more people just happen to go there too, right? You know, so it can it can get hot, it can get crowded. Whereas, yeah, in Animal Kingdom, there, there's just a lot more shade, you know, in the areas. You're kind of a lot more spread out. It, it is a great park to go to on a hot day. Yeah, I feel like a lot of times if people are going to the parks for like three days, Animal Kingdom is, you know, if they're going to cut a park and they're going to go to one a day, Animal Kingdom tends to be the one that they cut. So, yeah, it just, you know, less people there. And then, of course, like all the shading just makes it so much nicer to be there. The Another reason why it's wonderful is that it's also a zoo. So it's actually pulling a double purpose in that, you know, you have attractions and, you know, you have a lot of cool eateries and it's really wonderful to be there. But also there's animals and part of what makes that awesome and part of what makes just zoos in general really cool to visit is that the animals are doing different things at various times. So so you might go one time and you see the, the rhinos just standing there in the sun. And then the next time you go, the rhinos might be running alongside your safari vehicle. So different things happen because they are living creatures that makes it unpredictable and makes it cool and fun. And so every time it's a little bit different. Yeah, I think Animal Kingdom, you know, with that, they do a great job of providing enough different viewing angles that you can't see the animals. So like the hippos, for instance, typically like to stay underwater most of the time. So when you're walking along the trails, there's underwater viewing so you can see the hippos. So they don't have it where you go and you're disappointed because the animal's always hiding. They, They built the habitats to kind of mimic their natural environment and to give you the best viewing points for that natural environment. Which kind of leads to you know the next reason why Animal Kingdom is a great park and that it is very educational. You can go and you can learn a lot about the animals. You can see these animals in a habitat similar to their own. But on top of that, you know they have the Animation Academy experience, so you can learn how to draw some of your favorite characters. They have you know a lot of the the, the culture and history of uh, the countries there. So you can learn about, you know, that as well, especially when they have kind of that streetmosphere, which is coming back again of having, you know, people in those, in those areas. So you can really learn a lot, um, at animal kingdom. Uh, it's a very educational park. Like you said, it's a zoo, you know, it almost counts as school credit. At, you know, at that point. <laughs> well, that's what parents always cite on their vacation oh, papers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you're going and you got to pull your kid out of school, just I'm going to Animal Kingdom. It's completely educational. Unless you go to my school, then don't do that. Enchanted Ears <laughs> podcast approved. Just going back to that, you know, streetmosphere thing. Last time we were there, we saw a sitar player, which was really cool. I've never experienced that there before, and it was really fun. Phenomenal. To, yeah. It was great. I mean, it was like I went I felt like I was going into a trance and we literally saw people going into trances. It was amazing. It was incredible to see somebody playing an instrument that complicated live. Um the way they sit, you know, he he was sitting with his legs crossed and that I feel like that would be very uncomfortable after a while, but it, it was just incredible. And then as far as, you know, the animals are concerned they make such a great effort to have people stationed outside a lot of times of the different enclosures and you can ask them any question that you have at any time and the people that are out there they're not the keepers they're like workers there but they do such a great job of giving you valuable fun information little tidbits or um, you know I always enjoy talking to the people standing outside Uh, and I've only that's that's something that 
I mean, I've seen it at a couple zoos. We just visited Akron Zoo, which was really great, and they had that. But for the most part, Animal Kingdom is one of the few zoos I've been to that they seem to have that pretty consistently. All right, so the fifth reason why Animal Kingdom is an incredible park is because it has some of the best places to eat in all of the Walt Disney World theme parks. So again, we're, we're really dunking on Magic Kingdom here today. <laughs> but we've talked about this. Magic Kingdom doesn't have a lot of great food options. And one pro tip, and this is one thing we learned from staying at the Polynesian, the hotels around the Magic Kingdom they have do. a lot better food. And mm-hmm. it's very easy to jump on a monorail. And we never really thought of that before until we were staying at the Polynesian. We said, oh, hey, let's just go back there to eat. But if you're at the Magic Kingdom, do that. Because yeah. it's a lot better, especially whenever, uh, if you're just trying to get quick service or something, yeah. the Magic Kingdom's not necessarily that great for that. Yeah, I don't know if it's because, you know, that's like the quote unquote, like kitty park, but it, it's just a lot of like very, I don't know, like carnival food, chicken fingers, like hamburgers. It's just very like run of the mill and they're not as many. It's harder to find like that special spot that has something that's really unique and enjoyable. Exactly. But with Animal Kingdom, you know, there's a lot of great places to eat. You have Yak and Yeti, you have Tiffin's, you have Sully Canteen, which is our favorite quick service. We never talk about Sully Canteen. Yeah, it's our favorite (laughs) quick service places. It has the best churros on property too over at the Nomad Lounge. So, and to your point, all of those places, it's all a different variety of food. It's all, you know, different flavors, different Mm -hmm. uh, countries, cultures. So you're not going to get the same thing at any of those restaurants right yeah so it's it's very it's very varied (laughs) um and there's a lot of different options for pretty much anyone i mean you know we again we we talk about this all the time and kind of joke about it like i'm a pretty adventurous eater but mostly eat vegetarian joe he doesn't branch out a whole lot and joe and i can find something at every single one of these places that we both eat enjoy and love and i think that that says a lot because we don't eat anything that's remotely really the same so i think that that says a lot that they are able to kind of cater to everyone in your family. Um, so I think that, yeah, this is this is one of their best best things about Animal Kingdom is just their food. Another wonderful thing about Animal Kingdom is they have some of the most unique attractions and shows. And whenever you're there, you go on a safari one day. It's not the same as a safari the next day. It's not the same as the next day. If it's raining, get on the safari. The animals usually, I mean, the one time we did that, it was wonderful. And I've heard that before. If it's cooler, the animals are more active because obviously, you know, that hot Florida sun doesn't make you want to move around a lot. It doesn't make me want to. So it makes sense that they don't want to either. But in the rain, they enjoy that and they might get up. We saw the elephants running around. I mean, it was a lot of fun. And so no matter what, you're going to see them doing different things. Also, the bird show, the flight, the birds in flight show, I that is like a must for me every single time. I just think it's so it's funny. I like the puns in the show, but I also really just enjoy seeing those birds in flight because they are so impressive. They're huge. None of they again. They kind of remind me of you know how dogs. No, no two dogs seem to really look alike, even though they're all descendant from wolves. Now, birds is more of a species, but still, they're so many different shapes and sizes. It's fascinating to see them interacting with their trainers and how they can be trained, all the amazing things they can do. And they also do a really nice job of kind of pointing out, you know, you might see this parrot and think this would make a great pet, but it doesn't. They're loud. They're, they require a lot of attention. So you don't really necessarily want this as a pet. This is where I'm going to jump in and say, this is one thing Animal Kingdom needs to change, and that's less <laughs> birds. Because as somebody that is not a fan of birds, 
I who's do, owned two birds. I do not appreciate the bird show as much. Hey, when you're tall and birds fly very close to your head, you kind of start to take it personally that they're after you for some reason. <laughs> and so I tend to I tend to try to avoid free flying birds uh, any any chance I get. But I do. To your point, though, the bird show, it, it is a lot of fun. You do drag me along and make me go every time. I try to get out of it. I try to be like, oh, I don't know what time it's playing. Oh, you know, I I think we missed the last one. I don't know. But but you always you always catch me that we always happen to be walking by it when it's just going to start. You're like, oh, no, it's starting. We didn't miss it. Come on. We have to like, get. Darn. I guess we got to go. But yeah, I'm not a uh, not a huge fan of, of free-flying birds around me, but it, it is a fun show. It is a good thing to see. And it, again, it kind of goes back to the educational side um, of Animal Kingdom. Yeah, I still have yet to really get... I think one time we sat really close to the middle where they have that bird like go over the middle people's heads. Oh, yeah, I definitely... Yeah, I try to stay back to the sides. Yeah, I try yeah, not to so sit. Yeah, so I got I to get us there in the flight zone. Next time we you go. You can sit there in the flight zone. I will stay safely in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Our, our next reason is is just a tree of life itself. So the tree of life as an icon for the park is a perfect icon. It perfectly encapsulates the meaning of the park. It, it also is something that you can go every time you go, you're going to see something new on it because there's over 300 different animals carved into it. And so you could probably spend all day looking for them all and not find them all. Yeah. You know, there's paths you can walk around it. So, you know, it, it's a it's a great icon. It it looks beautiful during the day. It looks even more beautiful at night. You know, it, you can check out those animals. It's just, it, it's the it's the perfect symbol for the park. And it's just overall, it's one of the best icons too that any of the Disney parks have. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's just so massive and so special. And, and again, you know, like you said, how they tie in all the different animals and kind of the meaning of the park all into that one icon is so impressive and i like how it's in the middle of the hub too kind of so that you can if you're in that central hub you can see it our next reason two words kite tails enough said enough said that's it now i will say this past weekend kite tails did end in its current form but it it will be continuing it just more randomly uh, in shorter shows and sporadic throughout the day so the kind of full show of kite tails is done but they're still having kites Yep. And that's and, all that matters. Yep. It's all that matters is there's going to still be kite tails. You still get to see them crash. It's all good. But really, that's all you need to know is kite tails. All right. So moving on to our ninth reason is that it has great attractions for thrill seekers. Now with Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind, that is more for thrill seekers. So Epcot is you know definitely has some thrill seeking attractions as well. But for the most part, Disney parks don't have a ton of... I want to say like high thrill attractions. Like you would think of it like Universal Studios. Right. You think Universal Studios for that. But Animal Kingdom does have a lot more attractions for thrill seekers and some pretty intense attractions. So they have Expedition Everest, which is one of the best roller coasters out there. It has, you know, it goes backwards. It's pretty high speed. It's pretty intense. So that one's great. Flight of Passage. It's an intense ride. I mean, it's definitely... I want to say probably more kid friendly than Everest because it's not a roller coaster. Yeah. But it is definitely still intense in kind of its own way and just the way it's set up. Dinosaur is pretty intense just in terms yeah. of just in terms of how the cars move, but then also the scare factor of it. I mean, there's a lot of people that go on it with young kids and <laughs> you get off and those kids are very frightened because of what just happened because it's in the dark. Dinosaurs are chasing after them. 
there's a lot of you know fun attractions, and if you are more of a thrill seeker, uh, Animal Kingdom is a great park to go to. Plus, I like all the Yeti merch. I mean, the, the Yeti, it's, it's coming soon. I'm going to get some Yeti merch. He's so cute. Uh, and our final reason is for loving Animal Kingdom is it is unequivocally the most beautiful, well-themed park in Disney World. And we have Joe Rody to thank for that. I mean, he did such a great job of kind of tying in and bringing in different cultures into it to kind of, you know, make it seem legitimate to different countries. We have Pandora, which has the floating mountains and, you know, all of that like foliage that some of it is real, just bizarre looking plants. Some of it is fake. And they did a really good job of marrying the two where you kind of can't tell what, which is which. I mean, it is just an absolutely gorgeous park through and through. There's not one spot where you're like, "Mm, that's not very attractive. I mean, you're constantly turning the corner and finding something new that is visually appealing and um, a lot of fun to look at and be in. And it's a place that you just want to kind of spend a lot of time. Completely agree. And I think the only thing holding Animal Kingdom back from, I feel like, being recognized more for the you know great park that it is. And it really could be, I feel like, Walt Disney World's Disney Sea in that it's, yeah. you know, it's just because it, like you mentioned, it's an incredibly theme park. It's beautiful. It, it, pulls so much together and just the way of how you build theme parks and it's so beautifully done it, I, I just feel like the lack of attractions right so i think there's still this kind of mindset that it's not a full day park there's not a ton to do there and and rightly so i mean there's not a lot of attractions you know to ride now if you factor in going to see all the animals you know riding the safari seeing the shows you can spend a whole day there you can really learn a lot if you go to rafiki's planet watch there is a lot to do but i feel like a lot of people discount that when they go so i i really hope that you know once disney kind of gets through uh updating epcot and things and they start to look at the other parks that they spend some money put some additional attractions in animal kingdom that fit you know properly that that really build upon its kind of core theme because i think it really has the opportunity to kind of surprise people. I mean, I think we know it's great, but I think right. a lot of people discount it for, ah, there's not really that much to do there. And I think there's so much land there to get lost in too. It's a great, I, you know, I think we, we've we talked about this before with, um, you know, crowd distribution and stuff like that. It would be a great park to kind of magnetize people to, to get some people out of, siphon them out of Magic Kingdom and other parks that get really overcrowded. Epcot, where you know you get tons of people over by the Mexico area and stuff. So this would be a great place for them. You know, put it far away from Pandora. Put a new, you know, Zootopia in or something, and you know, just really utilize the land that they have there, and kind of get people coming in. And of course, I mean, I understand it is a zoo. And so a lot of people probably say, well, I could go to my home zoo and I don't need to go to Disney to go to a zoo. But again, I mean, every enclosure is different. A lot of zoos don't do a good job of kind of making sure the animals seem to have ample space. So going to Disney World and going to their version of that, I mean, it's cool to see what they do and, you know, the enrichment that they offer the animals and things like that. Because ideally, yeah, we wouldn't need zoos, but unfortunately... We live in a world where these animals kind of lose their habitat, and so people need to kind of be educated about them. And one last thing, which I think would help more people go to Animal Kingdom, because again, I like kind of what you're saying. People maybe see it as a zoo. People maybe don't want to go as much. Is and they've talked about this 
of eventually, you know, the rumor at least is that the Skyliner will extend over to Animal Kingdom. I think that yeah. hurts it as well was that it's off all it's on its so own. so far away. Because again, if, if you're going to go there, it's, you know, and then you want to go to any other park. If you want to park up, you got to take a bus. It, it can take a long time versus if you're in Magic Kingdom, it's a monorail ride to Epcot. You can walk from Epcot or take a boat to Hollywood Studios. A lot of the other parks are very easy to yes. kind of hop between, whereas you know, Animal Kingdom is all on its own. So I think if you did have a Skyliner or something like that that went over to Animal Kingdom and it made it easier to go back and forth, I think a lot more people would go there. But maybe we don't want that because then maybe it's going to get too crowded. <laughs> so maybe don't listen to any of these ideas Yeah, because it can, it can be our own little secret between all of us here. Yeah, and it could be our, our little secret park. We and of course, to. you don't want so many people there that you stress out the animals either. Right. So yeah, maybe, maybe we do just keep this our our own little secret here, and, and don't don't do any of that stuff. Don't make it too, too great because everybody will want to go there then. So all right, but that wraps up the reasons why we love Animal Kingdom. We could probably list ten more, but we capped it at ten. We'd love to hear why you love Animal Kingdom. Maybe the reasons why you don't go. Like, is there a reason why? You, you don't visit Animal Kingdom. Um, we'd love to hear that, too, of, of maybe what, what they could improve on to get you to visit. Uh, head over to our Facebook page, Enchanted Ears, on Facebook and let us know over there. If you have a question that you'd like us to answer for a future show or a topic you'd like us to cover, you can send that over on Facebook as well or our website. We're EnchantedEars.com slash podcast question. I want to thank everybody again for listening this week. If you've not done so, please leave us a rating or a review. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. It really helps and we really appreciate it. Thank you for lending us your ears. Have a great week, everybody, and we'll see you here next Monday. Bye-bye.